hello, welcome everyone. If everyone can uh, put themselves on mute, uh, that would be great. Um, hang on, bear with me. Brilliant. Yeah, if everyone can put themselves on mute, that would be fab. Um, keep yourselves mute, that would be great. Uh, welcome everyone. Obviously, I'm Tom Stocks. I run Actor Awareness, um, and we've been doing these sort of things um, out of the whole of lockdown. Um, we've had amazing people, and if you wanted to catch up on any of them, they are on the uh, the link I'll send out later as well, so you can catch up on any of the stuff. Um, but obviously today we've got a show, which is amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, so yeah, I suppose we'll just kick off, really. So... Aisha, how, give us, for people who might not know um, about you, talk, give us a bit of a summary of how you got from, to where you are today, I suppose, in, in the wonderful casting world that you are now. Okay, cool. So brief, brief, brief. A brief summary. <laughs> summary of, a, um, so I basically, my mum was an actress when I was little. Okay. Um, so my mum was in the Royal Shakespeare Company for a year when I was little um, and did, did some TV and but basically it, it was the 80s she was a black woman she played a lot of nurses um, quite a lot of prostitutes um, and it was just I was fascinated by this world but there was no control in how much work she had yeah. when she had it um, so it was always something that I was really interested in in doing. When she was in the Royal Shakespeare Company, we lived in Stratford-upon-Avon. I'd go and watch their rehearsals and, you know, even as a, I was like five. But it was just very interesting to me, always fascinating. Yeah. And I um, decided this world wasn't for me. Went to uni, did a politics degree uh, and left. And then was still really felt that I wanted to do something within the art. So went and worked for a theatre company. And while there... I helped a director cast a play. So it was the Marshall Theatre Company in London. And I helped her cast a play. And I was like, this is it. This is for me. Um, and then I basically tried to intern in casting. Um, and I emailed lots of different people, um, did lots of different internships for about two years. And then finally, um, Shaheen Baig had a job, had a full-time job. Um, it was my first full-time casting assistant job and I stayed there for six and a half years and it was absolutely amazing and I learned a lot and then there just becomes a point where you feel like you've done all you can as an assistant and want to sort of go off on your own and she was very kind very supportive and and I left sort of about five years ago now and I started working for myself. We, we had Shaheen on um, a few weeks ago and she spoke very yeah. highly of you so there you go. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> I feel <it> very neutral. <laughs> and what made what made you sort of uh, what made you want to go into casting? Because I think I think especially back in the day, you no, know, I mean, uh, growing up, if you wanted to be an actor, you sort of I don't know, you you don't really get taught about the backstage sort of thing, or you know, what a casting director is, or a producer, or anything like that in you know high school or um, college, maybe things like that. So, what made you want to go into casting? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was more to do with that control level, like having a, a mum who was an actress and you know, my mum gave up being an actress when I was about 10, I think, and became a voice teacher. Now she's a voice teacher at Central. Um, 
and so seeing the fact that it you know it's difficult it's a really difficult industry but being absolutely and utterly fascinated by actors and what they do but knowing that sort of that wasn't the path for me um i was always very vocal about who was in things and how they were miscast so everything i'd sort of watch on tv or not everything but when i didn't like the casting i'd be like i'd be like that was wrong and so I didn't know it was a job until I helped out at this theatre company. I was there as a sort of administration assistant, helping the producer, and then helped the director cast this play and was like, this is it. I go on about this all the time. Um, this is what I, I want to do. Uh, it's a way to be close to, to actors. But I think if you are an actor, you have to dedicate yourself. Mm -hmm. dedicate your life to it and I am fascinated and completely admire actors because it's such belief um I, I think that if you're an actor you can't be anything else if you know what I mean like and I never had that passion for it but yeah I just I, I to be able to take a piece of material and see what actors do with it I feel like it's an honor to be in that room yeah yeah and obviously I know we're in, you know, such weird times at the moment. And, um, you know, I'm in tier three up here in Manchester, who? Um, but obviously lockdown for everyone was, was a tough time. How was it for you? Did you, um, did you stop work altogether? Was there still work coming in? What, what was kind of the situation for you? Yeah, so it was sort of, it, it was, it was very, very strange. Um, so... I work on um, a show called Lady Parts, which is, was when lockdown happened, was in their first week of rehearsals. Um, so just about to start, they were going to have two weeks of rehearsals and start shooting. Uh, so the first part of lockdown was very busy in terms of speaking to all cast, you know, stopping everything basically, because there was a while where it was confusing what was okay, what wasn't okay. Yeah, and it, yeah. And it was like, okay. So, speaking to all cast, dealing with that, working out how we were going to go through that initial phase. Um, so, that was what was really going on with, with that production. And then other productions I, I was working on, again, they sort of came to a halt. So, speaking to people about that. Then it became quite fascinating because people had time. Yeah. So I had lots of meetings with lots of production companies because they, you know, they, they had time to do that um, with producers, with directors. So that was all great to connect with people and then vice versa. I had time. So Spotlight was great with their one-to-ones and I started mm -hmm. doing those. Um, I did a few myself. Um, I did them with other organisations as well. So it was a really good time to start to sort of meet people um, and to, yeah, when emails and things came in, it was also really helpful because you, you sort of knew what was coming. So you could, you know, make notes of people for projects that you knew you had. And then, yeah, I had a couple of job interviews over that time and, and got some new work. So it was quite productive but it was different. And we also had to sort of have lots of conversations and think about now and what, what's happening now and how we go forward. So Lady Parts now, it, it finishes shooting uh, the last week of October. Touch wood that they make it through without any COVID issues. They've had none so far. So that's been yeah, amazing. That's good, started yeah. at the end of August. 
but say a month before they started shooting, we had to then contact all the cast again. And the producer and I had one-to-one -one sort of Zoom conversations with the cast and their agents to say, how do you feel? Like, if we're gonna go forward, what does that mean to you? Um, these are all the things we're gonna do to make it safe, but how have you been over the last few months? Yeah. It felt really important to have those conversations and for people to be as honest as possible about like, someone could have been living alone. So yeah. to be around people again, how's that for you? To just, it was really important to sort of check that people were okay. And also to say that if you're not okay, or at any point in the shoot you aren't okay, you, you can tell us. Yeah, because I think that's, that's so lovely to hear because I think mental health at the moment, it's huge and I think yeah I think definitely if you are alone and you, you come back into the world of you know being social and stuff like that I think yeah I think asking someone if they are okay is, is vital I think that's great that com companies and productions are doing that as well so I think that hats off to you guys for doing that as well that's great um I mean obviously as well with with you know all creatives it's all a bit up in the air at the moment and you know some people are in lockdown some people aren't I mean what would your advice be at the moment for people um you know any advice to, for, for if creators are a bit um quiet at the moment what would you suggest that actors or anyone should be doing at the moment yeah I mean it is a tricky time um yeah you know there are there are programs that are being sort of cancelled there's a lot going on basically it's not straightforward um i i think it really is about taking the time to work out who you really are as an actor i think one of the main problems that i see with with actors is trying to approach your casting directors trying to speak to everyone and please everyone it's impossible so who are you? Because all the performers that, that we all love, that we all connect to, it's because we feel that we get something that's theirs, that's unique to them. And a lot of the time actors try and conform to what they think we want. Well, what we want is to see you, to understand who you are as an actor and be surprised by you. So sometimes having that time to just look and be like, what sort of actor am I? and then look at different casting directors and see people who cast people like that. Because actually different casting directors have different styles. Mm -hmm. So they've kind of approach us all, approach people who you feel like would respond to your work rather than the most famous cast directors. The people who you feel like would respond to your work and, and see if you know, they'd be interested in, in connecting with you. That feels like a better approach of your time than just trying to connect with everyone. There have been people that I've spoken to over this period because it's felt like it would be helpful for me, you know, to connect with them. But also um, I, I, would, I would gain something from it. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you receive things that are quite generic, it's difficult. Yeah. Also, I think it's really, you know, there's a lot of sort of like, I know we're in quarantine or I know that it's a difficult time. Don't worry about it. Don't say that. It, every sort of email you're getting starting the same. Yeah. And I appreciate it's about being polite. Um, but you don't need to be polite in that way. Just say, I'm here, I'm around, and here's my information. Keep it sort of short and to the point and about you. 
because I get so many emails, it's hard to read everything. But if, if it gets to you quickly, I will read that. Yeah. So, so that's what I'd do. No, that's good. That's good advice. And then obviously with you as well, with um, what was the, what's the biggest sort of changes you've seen so far in the, uh, you know, casting throughout this whole process, really? I mean, some of the things are lovely, right? Because at the moment, like, everyone gets their own car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> change, all these sort of benefits that you, you know, you wouldn't get before. So all that stuff's, like, really nice to, to offer as a casting director. <laughs> um, you know, the budget sort of have to be bigger to make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Um, the, so that's a big change that I've seen. <laughs> you can't scrimp on those things. Um, but also, I suppose... A big change I've seen is, is more Zoom auditions, more self-tapes. Yeah, how's, how's, how's Zoom auditions going? How's that working? So for me, I quite like them. I know some people are nonplussed. I suppose at first it felt really daunting, but they do work. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I suppose is there's just something about being in a room with someone that's really lovely and getting a sense of them. And, yeah. But... but as something that is, you know, if that's what we have to do, it, it does work. And so please don't feel like it doesn't and that it's a barrier. It sort of isn't. And I suppose because I work in film and television, I'm watching someone on a screen. So that's quite handy. Yeah. So that bit's really good. What I also really like about them is if an actor's quite method, then if they've got themselves to quite an emotional place, they're at home. Oh, yeah, I never thought about it like that. So sometimes you get quite worried about an actor because you'd be like, they've got themselves into such a state and now you have to sort of, you know, they put them back on the streets and just they're going to make their own way home somehow. <laughs> they okay. Do you want to just sit here for a bit and have a cup of tea? But, but now they're just like, oh, yeah, they're at home. They can, you know, they can just go relax after this. So that's really nice. Um, I'm, I'm sort of really enjoying that. Self-tapes, I was always a massive fan of anyway. I really mm-hmm. like self-tapes. Um, I think they allow me, as a casting director, the opportunity to, to see more people. Yeah. So I know that some actors find them sort of hard because you're giving this tape out. You may never hear anything back. Mm-hmm. But for me, it just... And it, even if sometimes people don't get through for that project, you'll have seen something really interesting for something else. Um, what I would say about self-tapes always is that you are given allowances with a self-tape. So always remember that because with a self-tape, you're not with the director, whether it's in the room or in Zoom now. Yeah. They can't give you any direction. So it's anything that we see that we like, we'll get you in to, to speak to the team so that you can get that direction and, and, and see if, you know, there's the performance. So I'm a massive fan of those. Because um, I know they, they split. They split a lot of casting directors. Actually, there's a few. We spoke to a few casting directors now, and some of them are not not a fan of the old self tape. No, I think that like make the industry more accessible in general. To be honest, yeah, not everyone can make it to London all the time, yeah. or can make it to the room. So it's it's not also it's also a, you know not a cheaper alternative, but also surely you can see more people as well. Yeah, I, that's why I really like it. I think. Um, yeah, I just, I, I just think they're, they're really good at, at opening up the whole process. And like you say, 
getting people to London if it's only with a few days notice la, la, la. it just means that people can get the, the material to you but so I also like it for that is that we're all set in our ways in many different ways yeah and this opens us all up um so 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 that's really great I think definitely and um I mean while we're on the subject what would you say your biggest do's and don'ts for self-tapes are yeah, I mean, for me, a self-tape is about you. So I find it quite distracting when self-tapes have, you know, it should be a plain background. Um, if you start acting out the scene, I can find, sometimes that can be quite complicated and not work. Um, sometimes people get their friends who are actors to read in with them. Sometimes that person is really acting. I don't know if you've ever been in a casting and you're sort of like, oh, the casting director or assistant who's reading in with you they're not really giving you that much i i had an assistant just before uh, christmas who was reading a comedy with me and she was just munching a sandwich half with while she was reading the part with me and i was like are you serious you're just nomming on your, your ham butty while i'm trying to make you laugh that was um, oh, that was difficult wow. <laughs> i mean when i hear these things they're always sort of yeah so surprising that someone would even do that while someone else is trying to do their job. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, yeah, things like that sort of blow my mind. Um, it, yeah, I mean I, I mean, I don't know what to say, but <laughs> from, from my regard, sometimes going back to self-tapes, when someone's really going for it, who's reading in with you and you can't see them, it's a real distraction. Yeah. It's got to be a, a, about you. <sighs> People hate when I say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I do not mind for self-takes if someone gives me more than one take. We've unless, heard this a lot, you know. We've heard this a lot from a few casting directors. Yeah. So unless it's specific, unless it's just like, person walks in, asks for a cup of tea, grumpy or whatever, and it's like, it's all there for you. There's not that many ways you can ask for a cup of tea anyway. Fine. Yeah. But usually there's more than one way to play something. So I don't mean send me five versions, but two versions that are different it just gives me a real sense of you there's a lot of people who are basically getting the jobs because they've sent more than one option mm. so someone once sent me eight it was too many wow you know what i mean like it's i buy four i was like I, I, it's they all feel the same i'm you know i'm overwhelmed but yeah. two that are different it it's massively helpful um so yeah those are the things that i sort of like for self-tapes i think it's just you know, don't overthink it. There are self-tapes that have come in and it's like set at night. Uh, so someone's basically done it in the dark. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I sort of understand that you're trying to follow the script. But obviously dark in cinema is with loads of lights. Like yeah. <laughs> you just in your house in the dark with a candle. I can't see your face. <laughs> yeah. Fundamentally, you know what I mean? And it, it's usually you ask for quite a few. So it's not, I'm not going to ask you to retake. Yeah, yeah. The there. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. And then just going back to obviously um, Corona and all that sort of stuff. I mean, obviously with drama school and, and university grads um, who've you know not had a great time since graduating because of all the COVID and you know no showcases things like that. What would your big be your biggest advice for for those sort of people at the moment who were who was I, mean, I suppose a bit of a forgotten generation or they feel they're a bit of a forgotten generation because they didn't get the showcase and stuff 
I, I think that's it. I think it's more that you feel like you're forgotten rather than you are. Fundamentally, when we need someone of X amount of age or whatever, we're still going to come and find you. Um, you know, there's still always going to be the buzz of the people coming out of drama school. So I think the main thing that I have is more a couple of people who are coming on too strong because they feel like they've missed something. Yeah. There's this, the schools are still working for you there, you know, just, just put yourself out there. Just make us aware that you're there and that's fine. But trust us because how many people were actually going to those showcases? How many, like, not rudely, but sometimes it would be when I had a casting or la la la. So we found you anyway. Yeah. We just trust the process. And also, I think some of it's better, especially with drama schools, because, like I said, sometimes you miss a showcase or whatever. But now it's recorded and sent. There are, like, real, I'm going to watch all those things. or So there are real positives to to this in terms of how we're going to be able to use technology to be helpful whereas before I just get like an email with some faces and be like oh I missed that I hope I get round to it I'll be actually able to watch so yeah so trust it and it will be filmed a lot better and la 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 so yeah. No, that's really interesting I didn't even I you know I didn't even think of that about um you know the film showcases and um, you know, I suppose a lot of them are for agents in most of the way, you know, showcases are tailored more to the agents and a few casting directors as well. But um, that's really interesting that they're filming them and sending them out to casting directors. I didn't know that. That's that's good, though. That's really good. And, and hopefully they get seen as well. Um, but I think I think that's the thing, isn't it? They just they just feel like they're being forgotten. And um, and of course they feel like that because the whole but I suppose the whole industry feels like it's being forgotten. So, yeah, yeah. who knows? Who knows? Um, so next, just because, obviously, with the pandemic, traveling's getting a bit um, weird, especially with these local lockdowns and all that sort of stuff. What do you think, um, you know, is casting opening up? Is, is not everything so London-centric anymore? Um, you know, will there be more, is there like, is there like, is the, is the local lockdowns, you know, restricting casting a lot more and, and traveling and all that sort of stuff? Or has it not really changed too much? Well, I mean, it will, things will be different, won't they, always? I, you know, again, it's sort of, there are positives, I personally think, because with some of your, sometimes when you're in casting, it will be like, we want it to be, you know, this name person or whatever. I think that some actors have had a moment over, you know, this uh over lockdown to sort of think about their families and the law and it's some of them are like i'm gonna take on less work or i'm gonna which allows everyone else more opportunities some won't be able to travel where they were going to travel to before which allows people more opportunities a lot of jobs people would be on more than one job at a time Mm -hmm. that's proving to be really really tricky yeah so, you know, if someone's filming something in Wales and something in London and they've got different sort of restrictions. So, again, that now means that two actors get that instead of one actor doing X amount of jobs. Yeah. But I think there are loads and loads of benefits. And so it will have to be, this is set here. Actually, we should get loads of our cast from here, truthfully, rather than what happens sometimes is things can just be London-centric and we'll, you know. Yeah. 
what do you, what do you think about the, the whole London centric thing? Do you think it's getting a bit better in terms of, you know, the casting more in the regions and, um, or do you still think it, I mean, obviously it's never going to get away from being totally London centric, but do you think it is getting better in terms of casting more in places like Manchester and Leeds? And I know Cardiff has obviously got uh, the big studios there as well. Do you think it's, I don't know. Basically, is it vital to live in London these days? I don't think it's vital to live in London. And I think when I first started working in casting, which is like 12 years ago now, if someone couldn't get to the casting, it felt like they weren't going to get a job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They could tape, but like who really watched tapes? Of course, I don't want to sort of say that no one watched tapes or anything, but it was just harder. Yeah. Because everything so much was about being in the room. As time goes on, things are getting more and more and more open. The whole thing of lockdown has been incredible because before, if someone couldn't get to a meeting at some point, you would organise a Skype audition, but they always felt very weird. Now, with this whole Zoom culture becoming bigger and everyone being used to it, Zoom auditions now aren't a weird thing. So you can cast people maybe without ever meeting them in that way mm. so, so that's great um i i think that yeah i just i think that it's it's a it's a really good time and also a lot of people have left london uh, well, I, no, I just told you before didn't i i've just yeah. left london yeah because yeah i think it's just i just don't think you know when i've done auditions before a lot of them are self-tape so if i do need to get to london then it's only it's only two hours on the train, yeah, yeah. and also I, you save more money living up here yeah. with the rent, and I can just pay the difference by the fifty pound train ticket to London or whatever. So, so I do think that everyone's just going to become more and more aware of it. So I don't I don't think it's it's an issue because it's just opened people's people's minds. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And what is great is yes, having an industry in Cardiff and. So more, many more things shooting in Manchester, and it, it's changing things. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Really does, yeah. Um, so moving on to the old headshots, mm-hmm. the, the age-old question. Now, I think headshots have become a bit complicated these days. There's so much emphasis okay. on headshots now, but there's there's so many different variations. There's like indoor, there's outdoor, there's like edgy, there's more like character shots. What's your advice for you know headshots and what and how do they stand out to you? Because there's just so many different ones these days. Yeah, I mean, for me, it has to look like you. Yeah. So basically, what happens a lot is that uh, someone comes in the room and they don't like their headshot. Yeah. And I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like sometimes a headshot's an Insta shot or something of someone. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't mean that they are more attractive and then when they come in the room, they're not. It's just a personality. It's, It's a vibe. It's a... So you've thought of this character a certain way and someone comes in a room and you're just like, oh, that's not it. Yeah. It just has to feel like you, whoever you are, to make our jobs easier. And that's the most upsetting thing is you're just like, because it's, it's, it, it's just a waste of everyone's time. And I think that, you know, it, cast and directors, we don't want to waste your time. Like, we do really like actors. We want to treat them with respect. And we appreciate that it looks like, um, you know, we're not contacting you. We're not, we're sort of, in this our own little sort of bubble and you know we're untouchable and and you know you just have to come to us and that's not the case it's just so many people 
um, that it becomes quite hard to communicate with everyone. So then what you don't want to do is to bring someone in for something that ultimately they don't have a shot at for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. So that so that's sort of it. So it, it's less about, I get it, everyone's trying to, you know, have their best opportunity or listen, I'm going to do five headshots in five different styles so everything's covered. But ultimately what happens then is I have no sense of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. So you just have to stick to you because again, if you think about loads of actors that are really popular, some of them are very odd. Some yeah. of them, but what they are is they are them. Yeah. So that is why. So trust who you are, trust your talent and show us it. No, yeah, 100%, 100% agree. I mean, is, is there any particular style of headshot that stands out for you or is it just just as long as it's you, it's you, isn't it? And as, as long as you look or fit the casting brief, I suppose that's the best way, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything. No, I mean, I mean, obviously it's great sort of face on rather than side on. Yeah. You know, the more I can see, the better. But there isn't something that's... I suppose that the headshots by the exposed well, by a brick wall mm-hmm. are I, I just feel like they're you see them all the time. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Fair enough. And then going on to the old the old show reels. Any uh, what's your biggest tips for sort of like show reels? I I mean I learned one um, you know, just for lockdown that it's just better to have like a one minute long show reel than, you know, having like a two, three minute one. Um, I've just cut mine down to a minute now rather than having a montage of different things. Uh, I mean, yeah. Right. That, that's a very good thing to say. Uh, again, your show rule is about showing your best work. So sometimes people get sort of confused and they're like, right, I was in this with Jim Broadbent, but I said one line. But, yeah. but it, Jim Broadbent was in it, so I should put it on my show reel. But I learned nothing about you from that. Your CV can also show me that. So mm. definitely, I want to just see your best work. And lovely if it's sort of a minute or two and it's just that. The old school style of show reels, I'm not really that much of a fan of. Because it feels like everyone's just trying to fill the time. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. I mean, there's also... You know, I've seen, I've seen a bit of the pattern these days that some people have show reels for different things, and sometimes they yes. have like a comedy yeah. show reel. Or, you know, is is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? What would, what's your sort of advice on that? It depends how much work you have, doesn't it? If you have some really great work, that's all the things. That's great for me. I, d- I don't really mind. I just want to see you doing something good. If I'm doing comedy or drama, that's not going to affect it. But sometimes agents will say to me, you know, what, what are you looking for? What sort of role is it? Cause we'll send something similar. Yeah. Cause in my mind, it's sort of, I'm not going to cast you. I don't really want to cast you doing what you've done before. Yeah. So nothing can show me anything apart from whether you're a good actor or not. Mm-hmm. So for me, it is just your best work, but sure. If you've got something like this comedy and drama or, you know, then yeah, se- separate it out. That's much nicer than sometimes again, having this sort of, overarching generic sort of um style show reel uh i also like if people can speak other languages or whatever then have a show reel in that language that's really helpful rather than again trying to paste it all together yeah lovely cool um, 
but yeah sort of a, a minute or so of good material just as a scene just sent is just as good yeah yeah definitely and then obviously creatives can you know sometimes i'm sure you get millions of emails a day especially in lockdown mm-hmm. um is there anything that you know also i suppose actors and creators can struggle when contacting a casting director you know do you know how often do you do it and all that sort of stuff but also how when you are emailing a casting director what's the best way to sort of stand out in terms of um you know contacting you what's the you know what is the what's the best content to include i guess yeah so for me so the, the first bit there was like how often to contact i think every three to four months my work seems to change every three to four months yeah well that sort of feels good um i'm really struggling actually at the moment with people emailing me responding and then like a month later emailing again to be like thank you applied to my last email so kindly and here's another email and it's like but i just you just emailed yeah. Did it mean? yeah it's really difficult the line between what feels desperate and a bit needy and what feels like you're putting yourself out there yeah you have to put yourself out there you know you have to be in the game don't think that you shouldn't email because someone else is and sometimes someone emails at exactly the right moment but every three to four months feels great it feels like enough time's passed Mm -hmm. that another email just to say hey i'm still around or i've done this is great yeah um if you want to include stuff in your email that's fine for me an email is all about um just just stick you know it all being quite simple and straightforward so i just like an email that's like hi i'm available here's a link to my you know cv and headshot or it's included in the email um that's it i just need the information anything that you want to say about yourself or work you've done but i want no more than a paragraph no, that's fair because i know there is some people that I, and i've seen them because i've been contacted to, for, before from producing but you can get like reams of email of an email you just don't read them really it's, it's tough isn't it you, you you can't because you're getting so much information and for me sometimes it's about sort of you know i'll skim read it and then i'm sort of lost it's like i just want to know the information about you and then i could be like cool do you have something now or whatever and i file everything but that makes it make more sense basically for me if if you know i I can just see the information really clearly. If you really like something, you want to talk about it and say you really love this piece of work, then cool, that's fine. Yeah, but don't yeah. feel like you have to. Yeah. Because also sometimes you can feel it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't do sort of a BCC email. You yeah. can, <laughs> don't copy. The worst is when people just copy everyone. Yeah. And then you just see the list of casting directors they've copied. Just because it looks like it's taken no time. It takes a second even to just you know, change the name and send email after email. Don't worry about it. Um, and just have a have a think about, you know, I've had a couple of people sort of be like, I've, I've you know, you basically just forget that we are people as well. And we've been affected by lockdown in the last year. It, it's affected everyone. So please remember that when you're emailing and not to sort of say, you know, 
you haven't responded to me or la la la, please remember that yeah. we're, everyone's trying the best that they can, basically. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important. That's actually calmed down a bit, but at the beginning of lockdown, there was a lot of like, this person's doing one-to-ones, are you? Because I want one with you. And it's like, oh, I don't know if that's the best way oh, to Oh, goodness, really? And I'm also doing them, but you, you know what I mean? It's sort of just, we should all just try and be kind to each other. And I think as well, the age of social media you see everyone's I know. so it's a good <laughs> thing and a bad thing but people will just call you out for no reason and it's and also i think it's that thing of as the year is coming to an end just to there's a lot of sort of you get emails on christmas day which for me are very they make me very sad because oh. it's like you know merry christmas and here's my cv oh no <laughs> with my family are you okay today? you know what i mean it doesn't yeah um and there's a lot of sort of uh new year's eve so as one year ends another begins here's my cv <laughs> Pissed at midnight yeah i'm gonna get an acting job yeah. <laughs> that one i'm not so you know, I, I get it you sort of want to put yourself out there the new year's coming but not not the sort of time so yeah those are things that, yeah we're just sort of worrying about someone um, yeah, it's not the best way to email. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and then what, what's the sort of repeated errors you see in a casting room? What's the, what's the general mistakes that actors make in the room? What's the most general mistake? that uh, The mistakes that actors make in rooms really are a lot to do with... First of all, I would, I think, ask at the beginning of the casting, like... How, how do you guys see the, the character? So most of the time the director will say, I just want to see what you, you do with the material. But then if they have something specific, you can then incorporate that into your performance perhaps. Mm. Um, I think a lot of castings are about actors ultimately feeling like they haven't done enough when they leave. So you want to try and do as much as possible to, to feel like you, you've asked all the questions, you know. So that's something to ask. Um, I also think there's no harm in sort of at the end of a casting saying, you know, were you happy with that? Is there anything else you'd like me to try? Yeah. That's basically asking, can I do it again? But without saying, can I do it again? Because can, saying, can I do it again? Sounds a bit desperate again. Sounds a bit needy. Yeah. So the other way sounds really collaborative. And but it allows- phrasing. Yes, allow someone to then have a moment to think and be like, is there anything else that you want them to see? And then if they say no, you're like, that's it. That's all I could do. So you leave the room feeling like, you know, now it's, now it's with the gods. Let's see what happens. But yeah. you've done all you can do because casting isn't personal. But obviously it feels terribly personal because it's you and you're putting yourself out there. Mm. It's sort of about the role. Um, so those are sort of the main things I think about that you could do in the room. The other thing is just to say what's going on. Mm -hmm. Some are really method. Yeah. The role's really angry. You're going to come in really angry and do that. Fine. But only if we know what we're doing. There's been many castings I've been in and you've been like, I do not like that person's energy. And then halfway through realised that that's how they're going to play the role and they're in character. But it's sort of gone too far. Yeah. The first impression's been lost and you're like, what's going on? Now, the next time you see that person, you get them in again, you could be like, oh, they're really method and they do this. Blah, blah, blah. 
you know, if we can explain to the team what you're going to be doing, then that's cool. But if we don't know, and the same with accent, obviously you spoke with Shaheen and stuff and while I was there, we worked on Peaky. And so sometimes you might not have met someone before. And if they're coming in in this Birmingham accent and you know something's off, but you're not quite sure what, and then afterwards they speak in their normal accent, you're like, oh, okay. So if you're going to come in and do the accent the whole time, then just tell us. And what we'll try and do is rearrange the casting. So it's like, yes. let's just do it. If you're in it, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. let's just do that first. And then yeah. we can have a chat as you, rather than us having a chat and like you being really aggy yeah. <laughs> or just weeping throughout the whole chat. Yeah. Like, How was your day? Because we're about to do a role that's, you know, really emotional. I think, I, I, do you know what? I do think that's a massive misconception. I think with just auditions and casting directors in general, I think people just put too much pressure on the audition in some ways and just forget that casting directors are people yes. and that there is a, and there is a bit of a chat and people just go in there and just go right i'm gonna go and do my audition and then when you sort of like ask how's your day they're like oh uh, yeah okay bye <laughs> no, i think that's a really good point to to make and i think that's one of the sort of uh most difficult things about my job not to sort of be like oh it's terrible my job is fantastic and i love it but <laughs> it is that yeah people are sometimes you know so into impressing in things that they forget that you're just a person who's doing a job as well and and you want to speak to people and just have an enjoyable day and sometimes you're like oh no one no one's speaking to me (laughs) speak to me (laughs) just a person please please it's like you know everyone sort of you know and if you ask someone how their day was or what they've been up to they think it's a test and it's like no 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 just yeah. a question <laughs> in, a, in a brummy accent <laughs> <laughs> um and then the next one obviously as an actor awareness you know we fight for equality diversity and working class talent in the arts so you know what do you think more can be done to support working class talent in you know in the arts at this time well i think i i suppose the thing is for it's about being truthful to the the situation in terms of there's two things going on isn't there one is if if a role is something then i um, it's difficult if people that aren't it are always playing it Mm -hmm. and that is something that's happening quite a lot Mm -hmm. um so it's something that i'm always trying to ask those questions of okay but then there are also these other people who are really from so should we, you know, we could see if they're interested in it. Uh, and, and it's difficult because it happens all the time that you'll send something out and an agent will suggest something that's completely different. Mm. And, and you're sort of like, I, I don't understand why someone has said that. Yeah. And how do I politely say, this is what I was looking for? Yeah. Um, and then there's just a level which is, is harder, which is in terms of what is made. Yeah. And that is sort of, you know, not what I'm doing at the moment. But yeah, that sort of commissioning level, I'm always fascinated in, in terms of how we get that to be broader. Because it feels like only some parts of, of life, are, are especially sort of, you know, UK life are discussed and others aren't. Yeah, I suppose it's the, I suppose... It, if the writing or the stories aren't there, then also the parts aren't there. So I suppose it is down to the, the scripts and yeah, the commissioners and, and all that sort of stuff. And 
obviously as well with you know drama schools in you know some or you know high you know these education universities sometimes not viable for some sort of working class talent and you know financial barriers there as well um what's your advice if someone can't afford to go to drama school and has to find you know because obviously drama school is the stereotypical route or university or you know whatever is the is the stereotypical route to get into the industry and obviously there are other ways what is there any ways that you've seen that have um that people have made it you know made it i use that very loosely by the way um into the industry via a different route maybe yeah i just don't think it's highly regarded as it was yeah i agree with that yeah so even you know when i first started it felt much more that you need that traditional route there's just it's something that is now constantly asked for what is real let's do a search let's see what's out there so it's open i think the things that you can do would be you know you've got to be over your social media you've got to be looking at those casting directors that put stuff out there yeah because you put stuff out all the time and same with shaheen as well she puts loads sorry uh, shaheen also puts out loads as well doesn't she yeah it's just it's all the time shaheen carmel isabel like so many casting directors are putting stuff out yeah all the time it's you know like i said it's always it's always being asked so for that it feels like it's a good time it feels like it is um more universal than it was it's about being really good at things like self-taping and because those are your entries in to, to the room um and again it's about highlighting those things those are things i'm interested in if you send an email and you're like i'm an actor from leeds you know this is you know, then i can work you know if i've got something that's relevant then that's useful to me rather than a really long email where i'm not getting the information of of, of what sort of necessary you know i'm an actor from leeds who is you know also is really good at boxing or again like i'm getting this information yeah uh, so, so that's it. Tell us about yourself. Tell us interesting things that are really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's about just being all over. And a lot of the times, like if you follow one of us, we'll. Uh, but you all, yeah, you all retweet each other as well, yeah. don't you? So yeah. it's all it's all helping each other out and la la yeah. la. So, so all of that stuff is really handy. And then. I don't know if there are classes or there are things in your area that you can do. But if not, like I spend a lot of time watching um, round tables of other casting directors, mm. you know, watch other actors, watch uh, everyone appreciates how expensive it is yeah. and that it isn't, it isn't a viable thing for, for everyone. You know, Shaheen does things like open door and things to make it yeah. more accessible, but in that doesn't mean, and also it might not be the place university or drama school isn't the place for everyone and i think that's one of the problems that i have is that i have friends who went to university and they shouldn't have gone yeah so don't do things that aren't for you there is still a space for you here yeah Um, yeah that's what i'd say that's good so i was going to move on to questions that were sent in sort of previously that weren't the sort of generic stuff so first one do you expect actors to be off book entirely for uh, very large self tape slash face-to-face meetings uh, do you honestly make a judgment on it? Uh, no, I think that, you know, again, it's all about what is being said. If I've written an email and, and I've written, it must be off book, then it must be off book. If that's not said, then that's not said. All I need from you is to not be looking at your script all the time. 
So yeah. if you're being able to look up, but to have it there, I'd much prefer someone to have a script there and be able to refer to it if they need to it, if they need to rather, than someone who basically is having a memory test. Yeah. And they're not acting at all. They're just trying to remember this, all these lines. It's not, that's not what it is for me. So unless I say it, it's absolutely fine. Good. Uh, next one. Uh, what's the greatest misconception actors have when it comes to a casting process? Um, I think that there's a right and wrong, really. Some of the greatest auditions I've ever been in is someone taking the material that they've been given and doing something that none of us expected and being like, I've read that scene a billion times and I've never seen it played that way. Yeah. So it's you. Just show us you. Do you know what I mean? Um, your interpretation, as long as it is, is, is honest, um, then that's great. Don't do something that's just outlandish for the sake of it, because you can sort of see through that. It's got yeah. to make sense for, for the piece of material you've been given. But yeah, it's, it's just great to, to, to meet an actor. And also what can happen is, is that a director come in or producer come in and be like, oh, can we meet whoever? Because I saw them for my last project. Just yeah. remember auditioning for the people, not the projects. That's cool. And then the next one, how can we approach, how can we as actors write or approach casting directors about up and coming films if we don't know that the film is up and coming? So how do we apply for specific roles when we don't that's know? That's the problem. Roles? That, I, I don't know. There's no way of knowing. Yeah. The system is, is made so that you, do, and it, and it, I think it's also sort of protection. Yeah. Because if otherwise, if everyone knew what everyone was doing, you'd just be bombarded constantly yeah. by people telling you they're right for certain things. So it's impossible. You've just got to say, I've seen this or I like this and suggest yourself. But you're never going to know, yeah. sadly. Yeah. Uh, we've heard the age old saying of don't sit by the phone waiting for your agent to ring. What's the biggest proactive things that actors could be doing while waiting for castings to come through and what things will further their career? Uh, I suppose it's like what I said before, it's about just sort of trying to work out what casting directors relate to you. Uh, I think another thing that actors could be doing might be a bit harder at the moment because offices are changing, but find out who's in whose office. Because a lot of people are sending emails to Shaheen, to me, to Nina. But, you know, in Nina's office was Lauren Evans, who they who went on to do sex education like he has lot to say sex education, yeah, yeah. It's, it's these people who were in the offices who were going on to be the casting directors and and also they're the people who sometimes can come and see things or are suggesting and doing a lot of the work so find out who they are and write to them mm -hmm. and ask them to come to your shows because sometimes it's not getting through to that sort of named person yeah um, I'm just starting out and I don't have much material to choose from yet. How does this, um, how do I go about seeing showreels? Uh, how do you, so how do you feel about seeing showreels that only have footage from one project? And if I self taped it as a monologue or duologue, is that something that can help me start my showreel? Yeah, so I mean, that's great. I suppose you said earlier about a showreel just being one really good scene, that's fine. My concern is if you don't have it, you don't have it, you can't make it. Yeah. It's really confusing seeing people self-tape things or, um, you know, make up a scene for their showreel. It's out of context. If you have no showreel, that's fine. Yeah. It's better to have no showreel than a bad showreel. Mm. 
if you have nothing for me to judge you on, I have to see you. Yeah. Don't give me things that I don't need. Trust it. Trust us. Yeah. Um, what's the next one? Um, I want to get into being a casting director. What would your advice be to getting into that field and the first steps to take? So getting into being, so I mean, one of the great things to do if you're sort of starting out as being a casting director is go to the casting directors guild, see see what's there. Um, sometimes they have sort of internships and, and jobs there and things. Write to people you admire. A lot of the people I sort of wrote to casting directors to see, see if they had any work, any internships. Um, watch a lot of films and, and television to develop your own taste because that's what people are going to ask you about if you if you come and meet them. Who do you like? And, you know, find ways to articulate what you like yeah. at, about actors, because that's a difficulty when you're meeting someone and you're like, oh, okay, you haven't worked that bit out yet, which is uh, massively important. Um, there's, you know, Shaheen's just started a new course at the National Film and Television School. Um, so that's really interesting in terms of casting. But yeah, just write to casting directors you like and over lockdown uh i spoke to a really interesting girl about casting he just wrote a really nice email saying she's interested in it and then i spoke to a few other cast directors and we'd all met her we'd all had a zoom with her because she'd written such a great email yeah that's great and because i mean um also actors can apply to be readers um yes. which can always yeah. help you know getting yes. it would that be the same as someone maybe wanted to get into casting to, to be a reader is that something yes of, of course so you could apply to, to read it and help out at auditions. That's great. If that's something that you can do and know how to do, obviously with actors, it can be quite handy. Yeah. But yeah, that's something you could definitely do as well. Yeah, great. Um, and then um, how do you find the balance of attaching big names and more unknown talent to a project? Uh, it, it, sometimes it's what the project it's it's what they want. There's someone paying for this. Yeah. And if they tell me that they want X amount of people so that people watch it, then that's something that we have to consider. Yeah. My job is always to go for the best talent, whether they're named or not. Yeah. Um, and finding new people is, as a casting director, what you want to do. So what you want to do is just find the best people. Um, and that's what I'm always going to, to, to be showing directors and producers and financiers. Yeah. But sometimes they want loads of names because that's a show they want to make. And, and that's the sort of, you know, it's a job and it's a business. Mm -hmm. um, but the jobs that I respond most to are when I know that we can explore cast. Yeah. Um, if, if you're unrepresented and applying for roles on Spotlight, um, when you are applying for roles, what do you uh, like to be written in the box uh, when applying? You know, you know, the, yes, I do the know what you mean. Box, yeah. Those, yeah, the just things that are, are relevant. So things that say like um, the role's a lawyer and it's someone, it's like played a lawyer before. It's just not handy. It's just not helpful. <laughs> Or the use that went studied politics. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. So it, Use the box if you need to. Yeah. If it's like just about to be seen in whatever, uh, has availability issues because of this, just information, proper information. Yeah. I can imagine agents abuse that box for. They really stuff. do. 
um i'm really wary of time so there's only a couple of minutes left um what has been your career highlight so far and also what has been your biggest wow factor in an audition okay so what's been my biggest career highlight um i i suppose there's a film that is just about to come out called county lines it was just a really nice um project to work on uh, I really enjoyed casting it and um, as sort of my first piece of work that I've done alone that I can really look at and look at the cast and be like, all those roles make sense to me in, yeah. and how we got there. Um, and and look at the class fully and be like, I, I, I just think it's a nice piece of casting. Everything else I'm sort of proud of and, and love in different ways, but that sort of makes me feel really proud in sort of what I've achieved till now, basically. Yeah, good. You see my growth in that. A wow factor in a casting. I mean, I say this a lot, so excuse me, but it's not really a wow factor. But my favorite actor to audition is Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, it was just always a joy. He was just always himself. <laughs> and you would be, I would always be happy for, to see that he was gonna come in next and to see what he was gonna do in the room because it w would always be fascinating. Whether he got the role or not, it was just great to be in a room with him and I'll miss that you don't get the opportunity in, anymore. So that's it, just someone who trusts himself and, and I think everyone always knew that he would go on to, to do great things. And he's amazing, he's like incredible. Yeah. So yeah, play to him. Um, brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Nisha. Honestly, that's been amazing to hear from you as well. Um, so helpful, so lovely, um, and really insightful, and just a nice little chat on a nice uh, Wednesday evening. So thank you so much. Uh, thank you everyone as well for joining us. If you um, please, we're doing these for free. So give us a shout out on the old social media if you've enjoyed it and tag us and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I suppose that's it. Thank you so much, and Thanks, enjoy uh, the rest of your evening. You too. Take care. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.